You're listening to the Peak Annual Wellness Podcast with Dr. Jeffrey Epstein. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Chris, and here with me is Dr. Jeff Epstein. Uh, he spent 30 years in geriatric care. Is that right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about uh, your career as a doctor, uh, where you, uh, you started out at, and how you got to where you are here in Lakeland, Florida. Great. Well, um, first of all, it's nice being here today with you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've, I uh, started thinking about being a doctor when I was a kid because my father was a doctor. He was a family practitioner. And so as I was growing up, watching him you know, practice medicine and, and talk about his job, uh, I, I became interested in being a doctor early on. And I remember that you know, as I got older and as you know, ice hockey player and football player kind of didn't seem uh, reasonable for me, then you know, doctors sort of always stayed in the top five, top two, top three of what I wanted to be. And it's just been a great job um, and a great profession. Uh, I ended up in, in general internal medicine because I think my nature is to want to know a lot about a lot of different things. Mm. And in my early career, I had a practice. I did hospital medicine, office medicine, nursing home medicine, you know, the usual uh, practice at the time in the 1990s and early 2000s. And that was where? In New Jersey. In New Jersey. Okay. Right. Awesome. Uh, um, and, and then a friend of mine uh, who was a family practitioner went back, got his MBA, mm -hmm. and was a medical director for an insurance company and asked me if I wanted to work part-time for the insurance company. Mm. And just being curious and, and active, I uh, decided to do that. And uh, half the time I did reviews for the insurance company, half the time I was in my office. And that experience led me to eventually becoming a physician advisor, um, which I've been the last seven years. And uh, in my duties as a physician advisor, um, one of my first jobs, we started an accountable care organization in New Jersey mm. in 2012. And so that got me thinking about, you know, accountable care, um, you know, high quality care at a lower cost, you know, better value care, affordable care. Mm. And when you start thinking about that kind of care, uh, you think about how to keep people healthy. And... Um, once you know, once you start thinking about keeping people healthy, what you realize is you can improve the quality of care tremendously, and it doesn't really cost that much because you're you're keeping people healthy. And the high cost of medicine is when they go into the hospital. So with that mindset, in what I've been doing the last few years, um, a friend called me a couple of years ago. He said, "Hey, you know these annual wellness visits aren't being done by anybody. There's only 15 to 20 percent being done nationally." Mm. And he said, "You know, I see an opportunity here to really do some good in our in our communities and in our country by providing these annual wellness visits uh, that doctors aren't doing." And later we found out that the annual wellness visits reduce hospitalizations by 40 percent. And so we're wondering, you know, why aren't the doctors doing these things, these these visits? And um, as we thought more about it, we understood why they weren't, because they were overburdened um, with regulations and, and they were working hard and they were just treading water and they were really struggling. Mm. And so what we thought is, you know, we could, we could help them out, you know, do these annual wellness visits, you know, send the patient back to them to get the immunizations, to get the cancer screens they haven't done, to look at our report and make sure the vulnerabilities and the gaps were filled. Mm. And in that way, we could actually help the doctor practice better preventive medicine 
and in uh, in that process, you know, prevent prevent influenza, prevent pneumonias. You know, pick up a, a colon um, abnormality before it turns into cancer. You know, pick up you know with mammograms, sure. pick up cancer early on, and and then also with this visit, you know, we do fall screening, home safety. So we really wanted to help the doctors take better care of the patients. We wanted to empower the patient. Uh, and the family to have this information so that when they had the talk with their docs, uh, their doctors, they could have an informed, um, you know, really uh, deep discussion about what the plan should be, you know, which would, in, um, which would include things like, you know, advanced care planning and um, have those discussions that might not be happening otherwise. You mentioned that this annual wellness visit, which we'll talk about in more detail in a second, um, it, it can reduce hospitalizations by up to 40%. Is there just too many uh, regular hospital visits happening to where the doctors don't have the time to go through them? Do these do these consultations take a long time? That's a great question, and I think it's a combination of reasons. I think doctors uh, legitimately and honestly feel that they're getting all this done uh, just when they see the patient, you know, two three times a year. You know, every time they see them, they probably check to make sure they've had their immunization or their cancer screen. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, maybe the yearly physical, the yearly checkup. Mm -hmm. And so the doctors really feel that they're taking care of the patient in the best possible way. But what they don't realize is that there's elements of the annual wellness visit that are not in the yearly physical. And those elements, the annual wellness visit are probably the elements that keep people out of the hospital. So I think doctors think they're doing a good job, Mm -hmm. but they really haven't looked into the annual wellness visit because... Uh, they just see it as a burdensome government regulation. Mm. Uh, and so I think they're not doing it just because they think they don't have to or they shouldn't have to. And it's so prescriptive with the elements they have to do and how they have to bill mm. for it. They're not sure if they do do it, if they're going to get paid. And so I, I think it's just a combination of factors that kind of came together that are, right. that, are, that, are, uh, uh, that, are, that are causing or leading to doctors not doing it. I think if they knew how important it was, they would mm-hmm. do it, but they don't even realize how important it is, if do, that do, makes sense. Do you think they see it as redundant care? I think so, yes. Yeah. But yes. but the reality is, from what you're saying, is that there's actually a lot of gaps. How many gaps are actually being missed here? And, and what type of impact does that have on somebody who maybe they didn't catch something during their normal checkup or their yearly physical how how does that impact somebody when the news has to be you know given to them? Well, I, I can just I can give you an example of a of a patient we did the annual wellness visit on, and you know healthy sixty eight year old female, you know good health, very active, and yeah you know, we sort of thought that we wouldn't really find many gaps, but one of the gaps we found was that she had not had a colonoscopy in like fifteen or twenty years, and she actually had a family history of colon cancer. Mm. So, you know, with that report, she went back to her doctor. She's going to have that scheduled. She hasn't had it done yet. But you can imagine if we catch something early, um, it could be really helpful. And she's somebody who was actually is a social worker and knew to have it done, but just had, you know, been lazy about it or forgotten about it sure. and hadn't gotten it done. So this report kind of prompted her to, to, to get all those things done. And, you know, no matter how good the doctor is, you know, some, everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like just a second opinion, you know, on what immunizations have you had? Have you had them all? What cancer screens have you done? Have you had them all? We anticipate most of the time if patients are going to their doctors regularly, they'll be good with that stuff. But, you know, we will find some gaps. But, but the thing that really makes the difference is the screening that we do that doctors don't do. You know, the fall screening, the, the dementia screening, uh, the depression screening, mm-hmm. the home safety screening. You know, if you can, the activities of daily livings. Are- 
these are things that are not normally included or even discussed in a yearly physical. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Got it. So, so fall screening, you said home safety. Can you talk to us a little bit about home safety? Well, we have a questionnaire mm -hmm. um, if we're not visiting them in their home. And it basically has questions like, is the pathway to your bathroom from your bed well lit at night, open without any obstructive things in the way? So questions like that you know, are just meant to make people think, you know, are they safe? You know, are they putting themselves at risk with a fall risk? We asked, do you have shag carpets? Because people mm -hmm. can trip on shag carpets. Wow. We asked, do you have extension cords running across uh, your hallways? Because you can trip over those. So we sort of just ask simple questions. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have a burglar alarm? Do you have a plan if you fall down? We ask those questions. And if they have all that, that's great. If they don't have all that, we make a note. We give we educate them, give them information, mm -hmm. and then we make a note that, you know, just talk about that with your doctor next time you see them and just think about getting your home safe mm -hmm. so that you won't have an accident like trip and fall. Yeah. Now a lot you know, these seem like really practical, kind of common sense, you know, or quote common sense uh, questions to ask, but how many people have you found actually have not taken the time to prevent, you know, these these you know, seemingly very simple things uh, from happening? You know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like anything else in life. You know, the, the common sense sorts of things, people take them for granted. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when you actually think about the common sense things and the elements involved in them, sure. you see that there are things that you could do to lessen your chances of having a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, even in my own house, you know, as I look through the list, I can see things that I should probably change, you know, since I'm healthy and strong. <laughs> now, it doesn't matter as much, but I think as I get older, uh, I'm going to have to be really a lot more cognizant of that because mm -hmm. if I fell down now, I'm fine. You know, mm -hmm. I ski. But at some point when you fall down, you might break a hip, hit your head. You may not get back up so easy. You may bruise if you're... So, you know, we really need to prevent the falls in the elderly. And um, this is just a common sense way of reminding them and their family, just kind of take a look around and, and you know... Make things safe as possible because you can prevent the preventable. And if you fall down and break a hip, you're in big trouble. And if you don't do that, you can live many more years, uh, you know, in a healthy way, you know, with having a high quality life or as high quality life as, as possible with good health. Yeah. And, you know, we know that uh, your mission is to keep uh, to help seniors stay healthy, live longer and enjoy life. Um, you know, I want to go back to the point where you were talking about uh, this 68-year-old, you know, uh, generally healthy uh, social worker that you had, uh, she had done an annual wellness visit with you. Um, and, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But if she, if somebody, if anybody, you know, anybody listening uh, right now has a history in their family of colon cancer, and they've gone, I think you said in her case was 15 years uh, between the last time she had checked on on that. What's actually the normal, uh, you know, distance of time that somebody should, you know, between visits that somebody should be uh, scheduling a colonoscopy or, or even, you know, looking for that type of screening? What's, what's the normal uh, distance of time there? Most of the time, people should start screening at about age 50. Okay. Um, if you have a family history, they might ask you to start earlier at age 40. Mm -hmm. And if you have a normal colonoscopy, about every you know, five to 10 years is the recommended interval. If you have a polyp or an abnormality, they might want to repeat it in three to five years. Uh, so that, that's the usual uh, time. So really between four and five years is the normal, you know, 
you checked it, you're okay, we'll see you again in four or five years. But this had been 15 years, and what's the likelihood, you know, uh, and I don't know if you know the number off the top of your head, but like, you know, somebody who doesn't, between somebody who doesn't have a a family history of colon cancer and somebody who does, what's the the likelihood that that is going to manifest in that person? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, and I don't know the exact numbers, but if you have a family history of colon cancer, you're much more likely to get colon cancer mm-hmm. uh, than someone who doesn't. And it's probably three to five times more likely. So it's a lot more likely. But, mm-hmm. you know, the number of people that get colon cancer is maybe, you know, 1%. So maybe you go from 1% to 3%. So your chances are, are still not, you know, your, your, your chances probably are you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your chances are much higher than someone who doesn't have uh, a family history. And having a, a colonoscopy and a polyp taken out is so easy. You know, it's like a minor thing. It's you know, it's so much better than not finding it and then finding out. You know, it, it's 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 you know, advanced and there's no treatment or you have to go through the chemotherapy and other treatments. And so, right. it just is um, uh, a smart thing to do, just to be checked, uh, just in case. Yeah, yeah. So all all, all of that stuff. Uh, just gone un, you know, unseen, unchecked can really, you know, uh, compound and give you a double whammy. And all of that could have been prevented early on if we just take the time to get that checked out is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Because that's nothing to joke around or, or play around with. It's right. pretty serious. Yeah. So um, great. Now, uh, these annual wellness visits, how does somebody schedule uh, an annual wellness uh, appointment uh, how do they schedule one of these visits? And a follow-up question to that is, what's actually conducted? How does this visit, you know, do you have to take somebody's, do you have to prick their finger and take a blood sample? You know, are they, you do have this stethoscope, you know, the whole, you know, doctor routine as people understand it. How does that go? Well, it's easy to schedule an appointment because you can either call us uh, or you can go to our website and uh, schedule an appointment. And the website is www dot peakawc.com and our phone number is 855-732-5292 which is 855-PEAK-AWC so easy to schedule an appointment uh, once you have your appointment uh, you come in uh, we you know go through the questionnaire that you filled out that we've given to you uh, we do a very small and brief physical exam, which consists of a blood pressure, mm-hmm. a heart rate, height and weight, waist, cir- waist circumference, and that's all with the physical exam. So non-invasive. Non-invasive. And then we ha- get an inventory of your medications, your medical problems. You know, we, we find out, you know, when you had your last immunizations and cancer screens. And then we do some screening. You know, we do cognitive screening, fall risk screening. Uh, and we just talk about the report that we're going to issue and all the elements. And we um, we ask you, um, um, you know, do you have any? Do you have advanced care planning? And who's your next of kin? And we just get all that um, into our report. And then we discuss the report with you. We give you a, a physical hard copy of the report. It's kind of like a little booklet. Mm-hmm. And then you take the book and you can read it. You can show it to a friend or relative. You can take it to your doctor. And then what's in that report is the information you need um, to take to your doctor to show the doctor that, hey, I'm fine, everything's great, I'm good, or these are some vulnerabilities that have mm-hmm. been identified in that you know, specialty wellness consultation, that second opinion, and let's talk about whether we should 
you know, close the gaps or, or, or take, care, take care of those vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if, some, if we detect somebody's a fall risk because they're a little weak on their feet or a little off balance, then we really need to get that person to physical therapy to get strengthened up, you know, get a cane, get mm-hmm. a walker, get strengthened up so they don't fall down, right. things like that. Okay, and, and you mentioned that you can actually take this report to your primary care doctor. So you're actually, you're not switching doctors? Correct. We're not, we do this once a year, we give the report, and then the patients take the report to their family doctor, their regular doctor, they go through the report, and they discuss what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And again, we want to be looked at as a, a specialty consultation service where you come to us, we give a second opinion on stuff, you know, we, we have a report that goes back to the doctor and the mm-hmm. patient, and it's just a second opinion, double check uh, uh, for these important elements in, in people's wellness plans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we do those, you know, the screening that, that the doctor doesn't do, but we identify all the risks and vulnerabilities, and then we get the patient back to their usual providers. Mm. So you can actually keep your doctor and keep your plan. Keep your doctor, keep your plan. That's right. <laughs> awesome. And there's no copay, no, no deductible, no out-of-pocket expenses for this. And so it's yeah. almost like, well, that you know, was my next question. It? Yeah. So, so it's, it's completely, uh, it's complimentary or how much do they pay? Uh, patients pay nothing. Okay. Medicare pays a hundred percent. Okay. And it's actually in the statutes and in the regulations that patients will pay nothing for this. So this is actually an entitlement that is already available to, and, and as I understand, it's 65 and up, right? Correct. Medicare patients. Correct. Awesome. Great. Where where can they find us? I think we talked about it a little, a little bit before. Where can they find us online? How do they schedule an appointment? Well, well let, let, me, let me take you through the process because it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a great question. So the best way to find us is actually go to our website, which is um, www.peakawc.com. Uh, when you go to the website, um, you can schedule an appointment. And, you know, when you do schedule that appointment, we're going to ask you prior to that just to make a list of your medications, a list of your medical problems. You know, if you know what immunizations and cancer screens you've had, you know, write it right down when you've had those done. Mm -hmm. And then you come prepared for your visit with all that information. We might even ask you to fill out a questionnaire before you come or we can call you on the phone and we can do the intake that way. But we'll get all the information Mm -hmm. into the report. Mm -hmm. And then when you see the doctor... The doctor looks through the report, they discuss the findings, they discuss what vulnerabilities or gaps we've found, um, and then they finish the report, discuss the report, the findings with you, and it can be just with you as the patient or you and your family. You're in complete control over who gets this information, who has access mm. uh, to it. And then uh, we, 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 we hand you the report, you take it to your doctor, and um, it's really, you know, um, it's, it's simple, it's kind of fun, um, you know, we give information and education, so you t- you go away from um, f- from our visit with information about things like colon cancer and colonoscopies, and everybody, sure. everybody knows how they're supposed to be screened for with mammograms and breast cancer, but we want to make sure everybody knows similarly how to be screened for, you know, prostate cancer, um, colon cancer, and other um, um, conditions. Um, and for women, as you get older, there's bone density studies that they need every five to 10 years. So we mm. make sure the bones aren't brittle or we can strengthen them or keep them strong. For people with family histories of aortic aneurysms, ultrasounds are recommended. And so based on your family history, your own medical history mm-hmm. and your age, and there's recommendations that are specific for you that we w- want to make sure that you're 
um, having done because again, as you said, you're entitled to it. Yeah. And uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of cure. Yeah. So just to recap, uh, they schedule the appointment. They come in. They have the wellness visit. And they walk away with a individualized wellness report that they can take to their primary care doctor and get that reviewed. Uh, I also understand that they walk away with a five-year wellness plan and a, is it a 90-day action plan? Is that right? Correct. Okay, great. You know, we want you to know, we want to, we want you, we want to give a snapshot of where you are today. And then we want to make sure within 90 days, all the gaps and vulnerabilities are taken care of and filled, mm-hmm. you know, by you and your, your doctor working together. And then we let you know over the five, next five years what you should expect to have done. For example, flu shot every year. Mm. You know, pneumonia shot is only once. Um, and sometimes certain people with certain conditions have a booster in five to 10 years, uh, but usually that's only once. You know, colonoscopies, as we discussed, every five to 10 years. And so mm. we can tell you, get your colonoscopy now, and then you can expect to do another one in five to 10 years. So it's a whole five-year plan. Mm. So you can get up to date now in the next 90 days, and then make sure over the next five years, mm-hmm. uh, you have a good plan. And then you these visits, are, you're entitled to one of these visits every year. Once a year, you're entitled to one of these visits, no copay, no deductible, no charge. Um, and you might ask, well, why is Medicare paying for these visits? And it's because they want to keep you healthy. Because, you know, if you're not healthy, it costs a lot of money to take care of you. And right. Medicare wants to save money. Uh, and, and, and they understand the best way to save money is to keep people healthy. So they're paying the docs to do these visits to keep people healthy and keep them from falling down mm-hmm. because it's going to save Medicare a lot of money. And the way they save the money is actually good by keeping people healthy, keeping right. them from falling down. So it's actually, there's no, you know, government is doing something good for a good reason, you know, even though they're really doing it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it, but one of the reasons they're doing it is because they want people to do well and be healthy. Right, right. We The, the system, and so you're saying the system itself actually can save a lot of money, uh, especially with, with all of the turbulent talk that we have, uh, you know, presently about Medicare and healthcare and, you know, is it going to go this way or that way? Uh, the best thing for people to do is to take action now to keep themselves healthy and maintain that course. Right. And, and and the government's actually incentivizing doctors to keep people healthy, which is new. Right. They really only used to pay us when people got sick. You know, mm. you get sick, I take care of you, and I get paid. You're not sick, I don't have to take care of you, I'm not getting paid. And that's the fee-for-service mm-hmm. environment. And so we're trying to turn it to let's pay doctors to keep people healthy mm. because then doctors can make a living doing something that is good for patients and good for the system rather than just sitting around waiting for people to get sick. Mm. And how just how new is this annual wellness visit program that uh, you know is you said is started by you know the government incentivizing doctors to keep people healthy? How just how new is it? It's actually only two or three years old, and I think okay. that's part of why it's not widely done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually even with doctors who you know read the literature and you would think would be informed and up to date, it sometimes takes a while for these things to. Uh, gain some traction. Mm. So the codes were actually being discussed maybe 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. but they actually got a payment attached to them in 2014 or 2015, mm. and now it's 2018, and um, there are new programs in place um, you know, called MACRA and MIPS, mm-hmm. uh, where if doctors would do the annual wellness visits, they'd actually be able to meet 
um, requirements of these uh, macro MIPS, which is a quality program, and doctors get paid more or less depending on how they do mm-hmm. with the macro MIPS, and it measures things like have patients had their flu shot, have patients had their pneumonia shot, have they had their colonoscopy, their mammogram, their their prostate exam. They measure that, and doctors get paid more or less depending on how they they do with that. Um, and um, you, have, you actually have an article uh, about the macro and MIPS issue uh, on our website that people can read more about, right? Right, right. And so there's a lot of incentive for doctors to do this. And the government's offering to pay them to do it. The, mm-hmm. the, the, if they do it, they can to handle this macro MIPS. But again, the doctors, I think, are so close-minded to this whole thing, they haven't really opened it up to look at it to see how it all kind of fits together. Mm. They're, they're, just, they're just kind of, I think, a little angry about all the changes that are going on. And so um, sometimes they don't realize um, how it all works together. And again, we're just hoping to help people, hoping to help doctors. And we just know that if they have the annual wellness visit, hospitalizations will go down. Doctors will get credit for metrics on their patients and so they'll have a better reputation. And it just all kind of works together. And we think what's gonna happen is as people find out about it, it's gonna gain momentum because it just is so it makes so much sense and it's so mm. common sense and it's so inexpensive to do. You know, just imagine, you know, somebody moves a box out of the way on their way to the bathroom and they don't fall down. And so by moving the box, which costs nothing, you prevent a fall, a fracture, a hip fracture costs about $50,000 to take care of the patient. Mm-hmm. And then 20% um, uh, don't do well. And then over the course of the next couple of years, it actually costs a couple hundred thousand dollars to take care mm-hmm. of that patient and there's not a good outcome. So the really the only the, be, the the best way to to deal with that is just prevent that fall, and it costs nothing. It just right. it just it's it's like having people think about common sense um, situations that they might be able to make more safe for themselves. Right. So being proactive uh, to stay safe at home uh, uh, saves you uh, time, money, and pain. <laughs> right. And how disruptive is that to the whole family? It's not just the patient or the person that falls down that has to endure all this stuff, the kids, the expense, Mm -hmm. the rehab, you know, if this is a person that's been taking care of their spouse, who takes care of the spouse, it's tremendously disruptive um, to the family and to the whole family structure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think that's about the time that we have for today. Our next episode, we're going to have a guest on with us, uh, uh, Stephanie Dumont. Is that right? Yes. And Stephanie is a business and life coach out of San Diego. And uh, she has just been a joy to uh, talk with over the phone in preparation for that episode. Uh, You're going to love that. Tune in next time to the Peak Annual Wellness Center podcast here on iTunes. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information or to schedule your annual wellness visit, please visit us online at peakawc.com. That's P-E-A-K-A-W-C dot com.